0: If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. All right, we are gonna be in Luke 21. If you have a, your Bible with you, you can turn to that. I'm gonna read it for us. It says, Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gift into the offering box, and he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins, and he said, truly I tell you, the poor widow has put in more than all of them, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. And while some were speaking of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offering, he said, as for these things that you you see, the days will come when there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And they asked him, teacher, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? And he said to them, see that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. And when you have heard of wars and tumults, do not be terrified, for these things must first take place, but the end will not be at once. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, there will be great earthquakes in, in various places, famine and pestilence, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before the kings and governors for my namesake. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. Settle therefore it therefore in your minds, not to meditate before on, beforehand how to answer, for I will give you a mouth of wisdom, which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict you will be del- delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends and some of you they will put to death you will be hated by all for my name's sake but not a hair of your head will perish by your endurance you will gain your lives but you see Jerusalem but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies then you know that it is des- it's desolation that's come near then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains and let those who are inside the city depart. And let not those who are in the country enter it. For these are the days of vengeance to fulfill all that is written. Alas, for women, women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days. For there will be great distress upon the earth and wrath against the, this people They will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive among the nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And there will be be signs in the sun and moon and stars and and on the earth, distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the seas and the waves, people fainting with fear, with foreboding of what is to come upon the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with great power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them a parable, look at the fig tree and all the trees, uh, and as soon as they come out in leaf, you see that for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near, Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all this has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and and the cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon you, come upon all who dwell on the face of the, the whole earth, but stay awake at all times." praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. And every day he was teaching in the temple, but at night he went out and lodged on the Mount called oliviet and early in the morning all the people came to him in the temple to hear him. So the the main theme of this chapter is actually really, really clear, and What it is is that Jesus is saying the world is going to come to an end. When you when you slow down and you pay attention, you know the one word that sort of gets repeated over and over is will, will, will. It's it's like he says like 30 times. And so he's giving you this future idea that the world will come to an end. One day the credits are gonna roll on this world. And to help us believe this because some people don't believe it jesus does a couple things first he shares the signs of the end so he says there'll be i think there's a slide there for you there'll be false teachers in verse eight there'll be wars and natural disasters there'll be christian persecution there'll be the destruction of jerusalem and then there'll be cosmic and earthly signs then jesus gives the order of the signs. He says, false teachers and rumors of wars will come first. Persecution and natural disasters then will come next. The destruction of Jerusalem will happen. And then you're into the time of the Gentiles. And this is the period where the disciples, including us from Acts till now, are responsible for taking the gospel to the nations. And then Jesus speaks of the certainty of the end. And look at verse 29, he says, and he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away but my word will not pass away. And in that phrase, Jesus is saying, my word will not pass away. What I say, you can trust. What I'm telling you in this chapter, you can hold on to. It is the truth. He is saying, one day, I will come with the full kingdom. And when Jesus comes, the old life will be over and a new one will begin. And I I don't know if you... Notice, go back to verse 28. He says, now when you see these things taking place, straighten up and raise your head because your redemption is drawing near. That word redemption isn't sort of the, the, the one we're used to where it's talking about like, you know, being redeemed, freed from sin. This word redemption is talking about a time coming where, where your trials, your struggles, being under oppression and all the, the difficulties of life will be over. And so Jesus says, when I come, that stuff will be all gone. Your redemption will be fully complete. But I want you to notice something. And tell me if you notice this. Did you notice that Jesus gave no dates? He gave no dates. He doesn't say it's going to be, you know, May 15th, whatever. He doesn't say that. (laughs) River's laughing. He's like, that's your birthday. (laughs) Daryl Bach says the teaching of the end times is specific enough to keep us watching, but general enough that we should not succumb to the tendency to predict exactly when Jesus will appear. Haven't we seen all kinds of people doing that? God wants us to watch diligently, but such a watch does not mean he desires the church to figure out exactly when he will return. Jesus says, I'm coming. And that, that's, But that, that shouldn't make it so now our aim is to try to figure out, oh, there was this war, oh, there was this earthquake, and therefore it means this. No, that's not the aim. The aim of your life, knowing that Jesus is going to come back, is to be faithful in the present. That is the aim. And the text gives us five ways to do that. First one, trust the Lord and give. You want to be faithful in the present? Trust the Lord and give. It says, Jesus looked up. This is verse one. And saw the rich putting their gift into the offering box. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, truly, I say to you, this widow has put in more than all of them. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Here's the thing you got to know about this offering box. It was really loud. So when you drop something in, it made a whole lot of noise. And so when the rich drops their money in, it's probably a ton of noise. This widow, when she drops it in, you barely hear anything. But what you need to understand is, even though you don't hear anything, Jesus saw it. What the text is trying to tell you is, Jesus sees all of your giving and your withholding. And when you choose, yeah, and when you choose to give, What you're doing is you're being faithful in the present and you are trusting God with your future. He is in control. Now, Jesus isn't saying that the the rich that they're giving is invalid. What he is saying is she is the one who made the greater sacrifice because she gave in proportion to what she had. And this widow, here's another woman that, luke highlights and lifts up as a model of discipleship she teaches us a lot about giving here's the thing the first one she says giving is a sacrificial act of faith when you choose to give you're saying i am not trusting in my bank account i am trusting in my god who is in control this woman doesn't hold on to money she chooses to hold on to god next one giving is something we all can participate in you notice There's rich and poor, whether you have a little or whether you have a lot. Last one, giving is a sign that we believe the scriptures. Giving is a sign that you believe the scriptures, that you believe that God is real, that you believe that God is working in the world, and you are committed to obeying his call to participate in the work that he is doing. Jesus sees all our giving. Here's this next one. Being faithful in the present means I reject false teaching and fear. I reject false teaching and fear. Look at verse eight. Where am I here? And he said, He said, See that you are not led astray. Many will come in my name saying, I am he. And the time is at hand. Jesus promises that there's going to be this rise in false teaching, that people are going to come and they're like, I am, I'm the guy. It's all over. And he says, see that you are not led astray. And he says, do not go after them. And when you hear of wars and tumults, do not be terrified. For these things first must take place, but the end will not be at once. False teaching, rumors of wars, all those things. It's, you know, it's a part of the process. It's like lining up to get into Wonderland. You got to do it. It's a part of the process. And Jesus says, when you see it, when it's happening, he tells us how to respond. First, he says, don't follow. When it comes to false teaching, don't follow. It says, see that, verse 8, that you are not led astray. You're like, how, what can I do to not follow false teaching? Here's the thing, study good theology. Some of you are like, I don't like reading. There's audio books. Study good theology. So you can say, oh, what, what that person just said? Mm, that doesn't line up with the, what all of church history has said about this theological issue. Here's the other one. When you hear something, check your Bible. Right? The Bereans. Act, you know, Paul comes and he's talking, and we're like, hey, brother, we like what you're saying. We appreciate you. You didn't take too long in giving us the message. Thank you for that. But we are going home and we're going to check our Bibles. Because we want to make sure that what you are saying is in the scriptures. Let me be your shepherd for a minute. I know some of you listen to false teachers. Because I've heard you mention them. And some of them, in, in all truth, you know, they look flashy, all that kind of stuff. They're dressing trendy. They got the muscular look. But when you listen closely to what they're saying, it's not in the Bible. And we have to be willing to say, that is not true. And here's the thing, some of the things that they're telling you are creating all kinds of expectations in your life that God did not promise. And then you're discouraged and defeated because you're like, oh, they said if I just did this, if I sowed the seed, if I had enough faith, blah, 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 that I would have this and now I don't because it's a lie. And so you, what you need to do is while, while you're watching the TV preacher or whatever it is, while you're watching that, you know, that little Instagram clip, open your Bible and say, is that in the text? Because Jesus said this would happen. Is that actually true? And if I follow that lie, what's going to happen in my life? What kind of discouragement is going to come? Here's this next one. You don't want to be led astray. Here, here's what you do. You learn in community. So many people, they go off the rails because when you check it, they've been learning something in isolation. And they haven't had somebody come to say to them, hey, what you're, what you're learning, what you're saying is not true. It's not, that means we got to be humble. And sometimes, she, this, is what I heard, this is what I heard this week. This is the book I'm reading. So we can say, why are you reading that? And hold each other together. This next one, one of the faithful in the present trust God in persecution trust God in persecution what I what I love about Jesus is that when Jesus presents something to you you never have to read any fine print you ever see them car commercials right you know you can lease this for like 420 and then you look at the bottom you know select things apply some features are not in the car no fine print, Jesus is so honest, he tells you everything plain, because Jesus is the kind of savior, he's the kind of leader, that's like, I want you to know what you're getting into, I want you, he goes cards up, I want you to come in with open, with an open ear and open eyes, he's very honest, he says in verse 12, people will persecute you, you got to remember here, Jesus is getting ready to die, we are close to that, He is about to go away for a while. And what he says to his disciples is the plain truth. He says, people will persecute you. Then he tells them, the people who are going to do it are going to be surprising. He says, in verse 16, family will turn against you. Verse 17, he says, you will be hated by all. Some of us in our faith, we want everybody to like us. Jesus is like, that's not how it goes. If you're truly out with it, if your cards are up, if you're like, I'm, I'm really down, I'm with it for Jesus, some of the people are going to be like, yeah, we want nothing to do with you. That's what, we, that's what we've signed up for. He says, you will be hated by all. What, what Jesus is trying to tell you is being a disciple is not a walk in the park. This, this, this journey to the end, it has bumps in it. And one of those bumps is Persecution. And when we hear those things, you'll be hated by all. He even says, some of you will be put to death. The temptation is to run. The temptation is to say, well, if that's what's coming, hmm, maybe I'll just step off of this train. But can I tell you three things? Can I tell you? Yeah? Come on, if I can tell you three things, say, tell us. Oh, yeah. Here it is. In persecution, there'll be opportunities. In persecution, there'll be opportunities. Let me find it. Verse 13, let me find it. It says, you'll be brought, I'll go back a little bit. You'll be brought before kings and governors for my namesake. So there it is. It's really, they hate you because you love Jesus. You'll be, you'll be hated for my namesake. Watch verse 13. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. If you, if you ever write in your Bible, you should write the word Backfire. Because that's what Jesus is telling you. The people who try to persecute Christians, what happens is it backfires on them. They, They try to silence you and end up giving you a platform to declare your faith. And when you read through Acts, which is part two of Luke's gospel, you see that that is true. Over Peter. Paul, Stephen, over and over, these people, they're being persecuted, and then what do they do? They stand up and declare, and then what happens? Because of their declaration, because of their willingness to stand up and say the truth, people come to faith, and what I'm trying to tell you is this, you can persecute the people of God, but you can never stop the work of God. There'll be opportunities. Here's the next one. In persecution, there will be provision. In persecution, there'll be provision. Verse 14, he says, settle it therefore in your minds, not to meditate beforehand how to answer. So Jesus is like, you don't got to sit back and rehearse at home. Ooh, if I go into Starbucks and that person, you know, is upset with me because they find out, you know, that I'm I'm in Christ, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to drop all this evidence on him. Let me rehearse it. Jesus is like, you don't got to do any of that. You don't got to prep. Why? Verse 15. For I will give you a mouth of wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. Jesus is like, I am going to give you what you need to say. And you're like, how? Because the spirit of God is living in you. And so the Holy Spirit is going to give you all the wisdom you need in the moment to answer. And so here's the thing. What you got to do is you don't got to be afraid of persecution. You don't got to stress or worry about it. Jesus said, like, I'm going to give. That's why they can't contradict it. You know that? Because it won't be you speaking. It will be God speaking through you. And so no one can argue. I will give you a mouth of wisdom. Here's what to take away from this. God is always there for you. God is, let me say it again, always there for you. There is never a moment in your life where the Father is not standing by your side, whether it's in persecution or just general living. God is there with you because he cares about you and has made a commitment to you. No one loves you like that. And here's the thing you got to understand too. People in this life will turn against you, but God never will. And let me say it again. Sometimes the people who turn against you are surprising. Just look at it in the text. It's the people who are like, I love you. I'm for you. And that's the thing about people, isn't it? We spend so much of our life trying to make sure every single person is happy with us and the person who's happy with you right now might hate you in a week. Because that's how people behave. They sing your praises. They wait, you're the best. Oh, no one's doing that thing like you. Oh, you're so different than that other person. And then they're against you. Speaking ill of you persecuting you why because you're just doing things different than the way they expected it which tells you they were never for you they were for themselves and god is not like that and also the word to it to you then is and to myself is do not get all you know the, the fuzzy feelings just because three or four people are happy with you right now because when three or four people are happy with you five or six don't like you but God looks at you and he says, Marv, you're a mess. Right? Just me, right? Here you go again, Marv doing your thing. Here you go again, Marv, making a misstep. Here you go again, Marv, not always you know, being consistent with the things that you say. Uh, yeah, here you go again, Marv, but I expect that from you, Marv. But here's the thing, you're inconsistent, but I'm incredibly consistent. And so even though you make all kinds of missteps, my love for you is unchanging. And so I don't know about you, but I'm going to spend my life making sure that I'm pleasing God and no one else. Because God is is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Not people, though. And so hold on to God. In the middle of the fight. Here's this next one. In persecution, there will be preservation. In persecution, there'll be Preservation. Look at verse 18. It says, I'll go back. You'll be delivered up even by parents and brothers, relatives and friends. And some of you will be, be put to death. Notice that. You'll be put to death. You'll be hated by all for my namesake. But not of hair of your head will perish. By your endurance you will gain your life. Here's what I said to Shea on this week. We we're talking about this passage. Jesus says here, you will die and not die. Did you catch it? Some of them will put you to death. Some, will, some of you will be put to death, but not, you got to read your Bible close. Isn't the Bible good? Not a, you will die and not die. Not a hair of your head will perish. And in the Old Testament, that idea there is the picture of physical protection. And so Jesus is like, you're going to be physically harmed and physically protected. How is that? Because of your faith in Jesus Christ. Because it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. Just just put it all together. And so what you gotta understand is, somebody could take you out of this life, that's true. But if you're in Christ, all that would happen is you would step into the joy of the next life. God will hold you and catch you. That's why Jesus says in chapter 12 of Luke, do not fear those who can only kill the body. Isn't the fear of man a real thing? Do not fear those who can only kill the body and after that do nothing else. Nothing else. So what Jesus is saying to you here is persecution is a real thing. But if you listen to the scriptures very closely and clearly, it's nothing to fear. It's actually something when you look at what Jesus is saying that you should be very prepared for if you follow his word. Next one, being faithful in the present means watch your life and keep praying. Watch your life and keep praying. Verse 34, it says, but watch yourselves. Lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life and that they come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Jesus here shows you the importance of prayer. Prayer is the way to make it to the end, prayer is what keeps us actually watching our life, prayer keeps us from temptation. Don't you remember that in the Lord's prayer? Keep us, Lord, keep us from temptation. Keep us from giving over into that. Prayer keeps us from stressing about life. Jesus, What did Jesus say earlier in Luke? All that you need, the Lord will provide. So you pray, Lord, today could you please give me my daily bread? What I need, not necessarily what I want, Prayer keeps us from stressing. If, I, if I, I'm worried and I need something, if I give it to God, right? If I cast all of my anxieties on God, how many of you are doing that? When you're stressed out, are you like, let me pray right now? Or are you texting somebody? I'm stressed. Why don't you text the king? I'm the, he's the provider. Keeps you from stressing. Prayer gives us the strength to endure to the end. What Jesus is trying to tell you is the thing that we struggle to to use the most is powerful prayer. A Praying people is what he wants. And here's the thing about prayer. Every time you choose, and I choose, because I do it too. I'm up here talking to you, but I'm talking to myself. Every time we choose to not pray, do you know what you're, you're doing? You are saying no supernatural help think about that oh I got it God yeah life is tough yeah it's real hard yeah I lack wisdom but I'm not going to pray on that yeah I know you you see all things I know you are wise I know you're the ancient of days I know time is all in your hands I sing all that stuff I sing oh I will trust you I will trust you with my life but I'm walking out this house and I'm going to try to figure it out myself Every time we choose not to pray, we're saying no to supernatural help. And you got to understand, this is not one-time prayer. Right? The, it, the, the verb is, is a, I, I'm going to try to put on my smart hat here, is in, in the present participle. If my mom was here, she's an English teacher, I'd check if I said that right. And it, it means ongoing so I'm, I'm, to, I'm supposed to always be watching my life. I'm supposed to always be praying. I'm supposed to always be on top of this, asking the Holy Spirit, give me strength. Guide me today. Help me and keep me to endure to the end. Why? Jesus says, so that one day you will stand. Do you see it there? Praying, verse 36 that you may have strength to escape all the things that are about to take place, going to take place, and to stand before the Son of Man. The King is coming with the kingdom. And prayer helps us stand. Prayer is a gift from God to navigate the maze of life. Prayer is this, opens up the storehouse of God's mercy into your life. Supernatural. And what Jesus says here is, keep using the gift, Mark. Keep using the gift, Jermaine. Keep using the gift, Jess. Do not just try to go it alone, Zan. Pray and ask God to help you. Here's this last one. Being faithful in the present means do the things. Sanjay, you can come if you want. Do the things God has given you to do. Being faithful in the present means doing the things God has given you to do. I want you to, I want you to catch this. I didn't catch it till real late in preparing for the, for, the, for the message. Look at verse 37. It says, every day he was teaching in the temple. So you got to think about this. In verse five, they mentioned the temple and how beautiful it is. And that is actually what prompts Jesus to give this long explanation of what is going to happen to jerusalem and what is going to happen to the world and so jesus is very aware of what is going to come on jerusalem the 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 destruction that came in AD 70 and he's very aware of what is going to happen at to the end of the world he says all this blows their hair back tells them all that's going to happen and then the brother just goes back to the temple and starts teaching Verse 37, every day he was in the temple teaching, but at night he went out and lodged on the mount called Olivet, and early in the morning all the people came to hear him in the temple, came to him in the temple to hear him. So day by day, he just goes back to doing his daily responsibilities. Did you catch it? He goes back to doing what God gave him to do doesn't then sit there and say all right we'll just hang out here and wait he goes back to work in acts chapter one after the resurrection the disciples see jesus and what do they do they immediately ask him about the future it says and when they had come together they asked him lord will you at this time restore the kingdom to israel they're like is it are we done now And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority. Jesus is like, mind your own business. My interpretation. My translation, I should say. Mind your own business. Don't stress about that. Don't worry about that. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. He's like, the the Holy Spirit is coming. You are going to have this a supernatural anointing this spirit-filled way to go about business i am going to give you the power that you need to do the everyday things the holy spirit will he has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem and in judea and Samaria, and to all the ends of the earth jesus says to them don't worry about the future be faithful in the present That is, and you have the power to do it. Be faithful now and his word to them is his word to us. Be faithful, spread the gospel, disciple others, obey God, go to your job and do it well. Don't complain. Be grateful that you have something to go to. Some people desperately want to work give financially to your church and missionaries that's how the work of god is funded that's how the those who have who have taken the courage to step out and go to other places and spread the gospel stay in the field give financially pay your bills pay the things that you owe be faithful take care of your body and your health it's not like oh i'm gonna get a new one so i'm just gonna do whatever with this raise your kids well maintain good relationships how about this fix the broken ones faithful in the present what can i do now to work on that thing that is a mess and truthfully might be because of my own actions faithful in the present be a good citizen love your neighbor be an active church member just not somebody who's just sitting there watching and complaining about all the things you don't like i'll just be plain sometimes in church world that thing that you were hoping for it ain't gonna happen and If you're looking for a perfect church go start one and Watch how quickly it's gonna be a mess cuz you're there Who I'm being plain today How about this one start a business? Make good art do things that bring value to society Do things that enrich the life of other people Be faithful in the present. Jesus says, focus on the present. God's got the future. All of time is in his hands. Let's stand and pray. God, we give you praise and thanks, Lord God, because we know you are overall, you are reigning, you are ruling, you are guiding things. There's none above you, Lord God. And we give you thanks that you tell us the truth about what is coming, but you also tell us what we can do now as we wait. And so we pray, Lord God, that you would, in your mercy, strengthen us, Lord God, for the work in front of us to be faithful right now in the present as we wait on you. And we thank you, Lord, that day. Yes, you are guiding all things. And so we can be secure in that true reality, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.